We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, week one is right around the corner. The Indianapolis Colts host the Seattle Seahawks for NFL kickoff on Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we thought no better people to invite on than Bill and Keith, hosts of the Seattle Playbook podcast. Fellas, how you doing? It's good to be here. Thanks yeah, for having us, on. Cody. Awesome. Nice to meet you, Derek. Enjoy uh, finally being able to talk some good, uh, genuine football instead of just pretending like uh, we're trying to make stuff up in the offseason, a whole bunch of topics week after week that nobody really cares about. And now we're finally here. So this is great. Thanks. It's crazy, man, to think that obviously we're recording here on a Thursday night. It's weird to think that football is a little over an hour away and we are actually like talking about legit football. I cannot believe it. <laughs> it's about time. That's all I'm saying. That's right. So. Here you. <laughs> awesome, fellas. Well, um, kind of wanted to get your thoughts first off on the Seattle Seahawks going into this year. Last year, you guys had a pretty successful season, 12 and four, lost in a wild card round, but still was a very good season, all things considered. The Seahawks were one of the best teams in the NFC. So I'm curious, and I'll start with you first, Keith, and then we'll go to you also, Bill. Um, how do you guys feel about this Seattle team going into this season? I feel really good about the Seattle team. I think that um, last year the 12-4 and four was a little misleading. Um, the defense was like horrendous at the first half of the year, even though, but the offense won a lot of games. And then down the stretch, the offense fell apart and the defense really picked it up. But they never really played that complete game on both sides of the ball. Um, they got bounced out first round, and um, it was really kind of just disappointing. They retooled in a lot of different ways, um, you know, deep, especially the pass rush and you know other things. They 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 really just added talent in the right spots. I know that cornerback's a little bit of a concern at this moment, but the rest of the roster is really well constructed. And so I feel really good about the year coming in. And, um, well, I'll let Bill take the other half because I know what he's going to mention um, <laughs> uh, there. So I won't, I won't take all the different talking points. Well, I have to say that, uh, you know, Keith nailed what he nailed. But uh, except for the defensive back part, it's a complete hot mess. I think he was a little generous in that. With that said, though, I think there's a lot to like about the team. I think that insiders like us follow the team all the time. Um, really kind of have a, a good feel for where it's at based on years and years of experience, kind of know the roster in and out, what they're trying to do. National media is not giving the Seahawks any props this year. Um, we're, you know, you take a look at the power rankings and so forth, coming off a 12-win year, first in the division on one of the hardest divisions in football, if not the hardest division. And everyone's kind of got us coming in dead last this year being in a middle tier or or worse uh position like pete prisco you know he comes in at like 18 or 19th in the nfl um which if you do just any homework at all you realize that that's fairly absurd since russell wilson himself i think he's probably got a nine win floor to him and then the ceiling with this team is is pretty decent when you take a look at the roster overall uh, the additions that we had, we did have some subtractions, but the, the additions, I think, kind of outweigh that. 
I think we have a better well-rounded roster this year than we did last year. Um, in addition to having Dunlap for the entire season. And then we've got Adams for the full season. He missed four games last year. Um, we still won 12 games. We kind of limped into the playoffs, exited very quickly in a bad performance. And it'll be really interesting to see how they integrate Shane Waldron, new offensive coordinator, into the scheme and how Russell Wilson meshes with that, uh, along with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there to, to kind of take the top off defenses, and we'll see how it works. All right. Well, I mean, we look at these injury reports, and I mean, I think you guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I thought I saw somebody mention it before I came on here that said that the Seattle Seahawks are the only team in the NFL right now that didn't have a non-participant in practice today as of this moment in time. You had a couple of limited participants over the last few days, but a couple of those guys being Rashad Penny. Dwayne Brown, your left tackle, uh, saw the load management was an issue there. I mean, overall, when you look at your injury report as is, uh, how do you guys feel? And Bill, we'll start with you on that. How do you feel about your injury report at this moment in time? Yeah, there's really no concerns on there for the most part. I mean, most of the guys that that were concerns uh, went on short-term IR here in the last couple of days. Um, so most of the roster's coming in pretty healthy. Uh, the guys that are... are uh, limping along a little bit, really don't have any significant injuries. Most everyone on think on that list is expected to play uh, some role, uh, including Dwayne Brown. Nice to have him back in the fold after he kind of uh, probably mostly intentionally missed uh, training camp um, at his age, and the team was going to take care of him anyway. Load management after he'd spent three weeks not participating in anything is kind of a funny, a funny thing to read on an injury report, but there it is. Um, and then I think everyone else is, you know, is pretty decent. I think it, it compares favorably to kind of where you guys are sitting. Mm. Keith. Yeah. Um, I'll just echo what Bill was saying. I think that they're in, they're in pretty good shape. Like the, the starters, um, they are pretty dang healthy. I mean, some of the guys that are, that are banged up, um, the guys that went on, you know, the, the went on injured reserve, um, knowing that they might be fit, available to come off. They were guys that were gonna mostly backups anyways. And we're talking about like, you know, the, the third tackle, the swing tackle. In this game, the first game of the year, probably not gonna play. Um, and so, you know, Rashad Penny's a guy that's limited, who's, you know, the second back, maybe the third back, depending on um, you know, if they do a lot of a lot of throwing, they were probably gonna throw DJ Dallas in there. And so um yeah, how much how big of an impact is he gonna have? And so they're really just in a position where the guys that they need to be healthy are healthy. I will say this really quickly. Uh, the strategy this preseason was to really not play anybody of any significance uh, mm -hmm. off of the you know first, second team. So we had a lot of folks competing for depth positions in preseason. Didn't see a lot of starters. I was fine with that, especially at this stage in the game with Russell Wilson and so forth. They really just don't need those reps right now. Um, and... You know they've they've clearly seen enough in practice to to feel comfortable with that. Although I would have liked to have seen him take a couple series, just kind of ironing out the uh, the kinks in that new offense. But I, you know, that's what this Sunday is for. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And right before I let Cody go uh, for our injury report, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen the news. Carson Wentz is going to actually play this week. He was a full participant again at practice today, so. I mean, his foot doctor did amazing work. Dude's back in four weeks. I mean, that was incredible for the surgery he had to have. Uh, Paris Campbell's full practice today. Uh, limited participants, uh, Quentin Nelson, uh, obviously our left guard. We fully expect him to be ready to go. Eric Fisher is going to be one of the two big ones. Uh, are supposed to be left tackle when he finally gets healthy. There's the question mark on whether or not he's going to actually play Sunday or not, it basically comes down to how much he practices tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be the big one. And Xavier Rhodes, our starting uh, corner, our number one corner, did not practice for the second straight day with a calf injury. He's listed day-to-day. -day. Uh, he wasn't at practice at all yesterday, but he was at practice today, just wasn't practicing. So not sure if he, what his status is as of right now, but so far it's not looking good. Cody, you want to go ahead and take over now? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious, guys. The Colts come in to this game 
from pretty good year offensively last year. I mean, the Colts were pretty balanced in terms of passing versus running. They came in last year with the 10th ranked offense with Phillip Rivers at the helm. Um, they were 11th in passing, 9th in rushing. So they were pretty balanced from that standpoint. But obviously we know now that the Colts have a new quarterback, right? We mentioned Carson Wentz, who will play. And, you know, it's completely a different type of quarterback than the Colts had last year with Phillip Rivers, a lot more mobile. But there's also things that Rivers did really well that Wentz isn't as good at. So I'm curious for you guys, um, as far as what you saw from Carson Wentz last year, what you've seen with him in Philadelphia, now moving from Philadelphia back to Frank Reich, where he had one of his best years. What is your guys' kind of perspective on Carson Wentz right now going into this week one matchup? Honestly, I don't know. Um, I thought he was one of those guys that was, you know, kind of a rising star and, and um, you know, kind of, I mean, Philly was not a talent laden team at times uh, when he was there, um, but injury prone, missed a lot of time and pretty much every year did play really well that one year under Frank Reich. Um, but then last year, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, well, there, he was, you know, didn't have help or he was getting pummeled behind an offensive line. He just missed guys. Like he had guys that were open and short in the flat, uh, intermediate range, you know, and he just missed them. He just like throw it into the ground or throw it way away from him. And that kind of stuff really kind of scares me as a, if I was a fan, because that's like mechanical and sometimes you just can't fix it. Um, at the same time, he wasn't that guy two years or three years ago. So, um, you know, maybe it's just a matter of getting him back into a system where he's comfortable and he'll, and he'll be better. I, I will say that him missing four weeks of, um, you know, camp and, and practice time with a new team and a new, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's the same offense cause it's Frank Reich, but it's still a new set of players around him, a uh, new set of weapons and just not being able to f- get that rhythm and, and familiarity with those players. I, I don't know if it's in the, if it's best for that. He is, you know, starting this week, coming back and he'll have two practices. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point that you make. I mean, we, we all know how important those practices were for Carson Wentz. We know how bad he was last year. Um, but I mean, you guys mentioned at the beginning of the show, like your past defense especially was not very good last year. And you lose a guy like Shaquille Griffin to free agency. You guys, I think were 31st last year uh, in terms of yardage allowed. So I guess my question for you guys is, um, you know, how do you guys defend against that? Because, you know, Carson Wentz obviously – uh, wasn't great last year, but now he's got a great support system. He's got a you know a former coordinator that he knows really well. I'll ask you this one first, uh, Bill. How, what do you guys think about how you're going to defend Carson Wentz uh, this game? Well, I can tell you what's what's uh, Keith uh, had said, and I'll build on that. Um, Carson Wentz is most comfortable when he's got protection. You know, last year he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL under that really poor offensive line. There, they had a lot of injuries and so forth. You mentioned deer in the headlights kind of syndrome with him last year, Keith. And I think that that's totally true. And I think that was kind of reflective of that whole situation that was going on. There was a lot happening there on the mental side of the game for him uh, being in that system and being um, in Philadelphia, which is pretty dysfunctional, I think, from every outside perspective. And as far as the Seahawks go, Carson hasn't had a lot of success. You know, he's been OK, um, but he's 0-5. Um, against the Seahawks, and it seems like they've been able to kind of figure him out a little bit. I think uh, under pressure, Carson Wentz is is a guy that struggles a little bit, and I, so I'm, I would imagine that Seattle probably has a pressure plan for him coming into this game uh, to help mitigate some of that back end struggle that I think Seattle is going to have at least initially out of the gates this year. So we'll see. I think defensively, you're going to want to. Um, stack those boxes um, because of Philadelphia, not Philadelphia, I'm sorry, uh, Indianapolis uh, run game um, with Taylor uh, back there, which is significant. Fortunately for Seattle, I think we were fifth or sixth uh, defending the run last year. I would anticipate that's probably going to be about the same. And so then you're going to want to have some pressure on Carson Wentz. Um, And I think that we've got the tools to be able to do that this year. We've got a lot of team speed. Uh, Daryl Taylor's coming back into the fold. Alton Robinson in his second year. We added added Kerry Hyder uh, from the 49ers, nine and a half sacks last year. 
the interior uh, defensive tackle group is is pretty solid with some three techs rotating in to help with that. And then the linebacker group this year is probably going to be one of the best, even with KJ Wright um, moving on. You've still got Bobby Wagner. Jordan Brooks has, is one of the fastest uh, sideline to sideline linebackers in the NFL in his second year. And uh, Daryl Taylor is coming in to start at the Sam. And then uh, the wild card in this game is probably going to be Jamal Adams. Um, he's under the fold now, new contract. He's not going to be a distraction. They're going to use him in a hybrid role. So he's going to be all over the place, utilizing his instincts and, and uh, helping with the speed. So hopefully, from our perspective, uh, all those things kind of mitigate that back-end stuff because coverage-wise, those guys could really step up and surprise. We just don't know yet. Haven't played any games. Don't have any idea how this is going to wash out. But on paper, it's not looking very good for us. Well, I will say that you mentioned the 31st um, pass defense last year, and I think that is a little misleading in that at the beginning of the year, um, both their starting corners were out uh, and Adams, the start, starting strong safety, they had three backups in um, in the secondary. They also didn't have much of a pass rush. Daryl Taylor um, was out with that uh, leg injury. They hadn't traded for Dunlap yet. They really just had a, didn't have anyone that was getting after the passer. And then they had all backups in the back end. And they, they were on pace to uh, for an NFL record um, set of yards um, given up against them. Yeah, yeah, and and it I mean it was bad. It was it was it was bad, but it was bad because of a, a lack of talent. They got a bunch of people healthy. Um, people came back. Um, they got healthy, and they traded for Dunlap. And suddenly the defense became really good. And yeah, they ended up thirty first, but they were I think they were first in the league in sacks over the last six weeks. Um, they started out being thirty second in the league in in total defense through eight weeks, and at the end of the season, they were ranked fifteenth. So they literally were the number one ranked defense overall in the last eight weeks. We're hoping mm-hmm. that defense shows up. Yeah, and so so this year, I mean, you've got um, they added a bunch of talent up front, and you know, one of the key the key um, guys that played a lot last year uh, at cornerback Reed is still there. Um, you know, they did lose Griffin, but the other guy that played a lot last year was Flowers. He's still there. Those are guys, guys that are going to be the starters. And they played very large, significant roles during the second half of the year when the when the uh, the defense was much better. Per, would I would like them to have a number one corner that you can just look at and be like, hey, that's the guy that, you know, you can count on? Sure. But I think they're, um, you know, there's there's a lot of problems at corner because there's no depth behind those two. And they're neither of those two are like super high end, but it's not like, you know, they have no one out there, which is what they had at the beginning of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys kind of touched on it quite a bit there at the end or at the beginning of that, where uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, going back to last season, you know, this, the bread and butter of this Colts team is the ability to run the football. I mean, the Colts over the last three years have been, a top 10 rushing team every single year, and they seem to be only getting better. Jonathan Taylor, last six weeks of the season, outside of Derrick Henry, was the best running back in the NFL. Uh, Marlon Mack, who is a year removed from a 1,000-yard season, he's returned from his Achilles injury that he had suffered week one of last year. And Naheem Hines, our third running back, who led the team in receptions last year and was the had the fourth most receptions by a running back in all of the NFL last year. So he shows you the versatility. And then on top of it, now, you know, we've seen teams try to stack the box. You know, that that's a common rationale thinking of it in that, you know, you just load the box and it's an easier way to stop the run. Well, now you also have the possibility of a Carson Wentz having the chance to potentially roll out and run, use his legs, unlike what you uh, didn't weren't able to do with Philip Rivers last year. Uh, what do you view of the Colts run running game and how you guys might actually be able to stop it outside of just uh, loading the box? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I think um, this is a twofold question, and I'll take the first half and kind of lead Keith into the second half. The, um, you know, the, the, the Seahawks are kind of built to stop the run, which helps, but you're right. Taylor's an outstanding running back. I wanted to draft him really badly when he came out because um, I thought he would have been a great fit for the Seahawks. Um, Mac and Hines are, are great compliments to that. And you've got a solid, really solid offensive line, especially if everyone's healthy. You add Carson Wentz into that. And it really is a problem that you need to solve. Um, but I think one of the ways you solve that is by having a really good offense on the other side of the ball that's really kind of fast-paced and pressures you to keep up. So that's where Kenny Keith comes in. Yeah, I mean, that that's if um, you can get uh, a lead – I think that that running game doesn't matter as much. And the Seahawks offense is built to score 30, 35 points a game and, and just tell teams keep up with us. You're going to have to throw it. And so that does really help. Um, my concern in this particular game for the, for the Colts is just the health of, um, you know, their best offensive line, probably the best guard in the NFL. Um, Quentin Nelson. I know he's going to play, but is he going to be, the dominant force that he usually is. Um, and then also with Fisher, if he plays, he, he hasn't practiced. Um, and so I, the great offensive line, which is this, you know, thing that the engine that makes that running game go, I'm not sure it's going to be as good as we're used to seeing. I think that by week three, that running game is just up and running and, 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 and clobbering people. But I, I just don't know. And, and, and it's not, I'm not saying that it won't be there. I'm just saying, um, you know, we'll see it and we'll kind of have to get a feel for where they're at and what they can do and what they can't do um, early in this game and then make adjustments accordingly. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you because we even saw last year to a degree, like, you know, the Colts kind of struggled to run the ball the first half of the season really. And then they kind of found their stride, later on and it does depend on the injury i do think nelson's injury maybe is a little bit overblown i mean it's just like a back thing like it's it's normal for for that you know it's, it's not really a major issue i mean i don't think it's really going to hinder him he's kind of been dealing with it for the past couple of years so it's not really like it's a new injury so i anticipate him being you know pretty good he's been practicing but yeah you're right on fisher um it's very up in the air right now if he's going to play we'll see we'll talk about that in a minute but i wanted to get your guys' thoughts also on this, on the Colts uh, receivers and tight ends, right? The guys that are going to be catching the ball from Wentz. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton out for this game. He's going to be out for at least a couple more weeks. We don't know the severity, how long he's going to be out, but he's for sure out week number one. So Colts are going to have to rely a lot on some young guys. On Michael Pittman, who was really good last year in spurts and really started to come on to the end of the year, especially in that wild card game against Buffalo. You bring back Paris Campbell, who has really – he's talented. The problem is he just hasn't been on the field. And then you have a guy like Zach Paschal, Mike Strong, who really lit it up in the preseason. And then you got some other young guys as well. Throwing the tight ends, Jack Doyle, Mo Cox, and also Kylie Granson, who the Colts drafted this year in the fourth round. My question to you guys is, you, know, you talked about the secondary, especially the cornerback depth that's concerning. How concerned are you guys, and how do you view this Colts uh, wide receivers and tight ends? Well, I, thought, I think it would have been a lot more concerning had T.Y. Hilton uh, been available uh, without that neck situation. And, um, you know, just quite frankly, Michael Pittman and Zach uh, Pascal, those are awesome receivers. But really, um, in most offenses, those are going to be your number two guys. Uh, Paris Campbell, I really like, um, but he's a young guy yet to take a you know, huge amount of snaps and, and catch the ball a ton. So 
And then the, the tight end group, you know, I think it's okay. I think those guys are going to be serviceable, but there's no one there that's really going to be your go-to guy yet. Not like Zach Ernst um, was for um, Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. So it remains to be seen. I, you know, the question, this is a pretty decent matchup for, um, for the wide receivers and tight ends um, against Seattle's secondary. Um, I think, you know, some of those over the middle things will be an interesting matchup. I think for Seattle, as far as how Jamal Adams comes into play, how uh, Marquise Blair, their, what, what will now be their third year uh, safety, who hasn't had a tremendous amount of playing time, but it has huge athletic upside. Um, some of those guys are really good at disrupting some of the things over the middle. So we'll see. Um, and, and then for me, I think one of the biggest things that we haven't really even touched upon yet would be turnovers. Um, you guys are a tremendous turnover team. I think plus 10 last year, second in the NFL, something like that. Seattle really likes to take care of the ball. They pride themselves on creating two turnovers on their back end. So the key to this game could very well come down to who, who keeps the ball and, and who turns it over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, let's go ahead and go to your guys' offense here because uh, obviously you talked about it with not uh, having a lot of turnovers. You're right. Russell Wilson normally does a pretty good job at that. I mean, Russell Wilson, talk about a great quarterback that he is and what that he's able to do for that offense. I mean, 17th ranked uh, last year in terms of total yardage last year for you guys. But like you said, kind of was a tale of two different halves when it came to the offense. Uh, eighth in scoring, 12th in rushing, 16th in passing yards, uh, fourth down or fourth in red zone percentage, which is really good. Russell Wilson himself, 4,200 yards last year, 40 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. I mean, I think you guys did overall pretty well. And then, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit already that the Colts had their struggles at the end of last year against the pass. We we're actually 20th against it over a span of the season, but also we were better in touchdowns allowed. We were ranked 12th in the league and seventh last year in interceptions. Uh, and we were actually 12th in the league with 40 sacks. Uh, we're kind of hoping that with some of the pass rushers we drafted and brought in this off season, we think that that might actually be able to help that number a little bit. Also, we heard just yesterday that DeForest Buckner confirmed that last year he played the entire year with a uh, with a joint in his hand that was broken, and he said for the all season he couldn't grip really uh, much with his right hand most of the season, and you know he said that's that's a big deal. You know, not being able to grip with your dominant hand for the majority of the year is kind of a, is kind of an issue when you're defense alignment. So we expect to see an even better version of DeForest Buckner. I mean, what kind of Russell Wilson should we expect on Sunday and how do you guys overall view this Colts pass defense? Oh, we'll start with Keith on that. So um, I think the, the pass defense, uh, you know, the Buckner story I thought I found really interesting because I, I felt like, um, he was good last year, but not as good as I was expecting him to be. I was expecting him to be truly great. And then you find out, oh, well, yeah, well, he's had, the, had this hand injury that really limited him, um, but he played through it. And you're like, well, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that would be why his, his play wasn't where, quite where we expected it. And if he's healthy now, like, I mean, that's, he's, that guy's just a force. He's, he's a beast. He's, he's, he's going to be really tough to slow down. Um, and so – you know, I I look at at their, the pass defense and I go, can they match Seattle's speed? And I don't know because you look at you know guys like DK Metcalf who is one of the faster guys in the entire league and at his size and speed and it's just he's crazy. Um, and even you know the other guys, uh, Eskridge and and Lockett both have serious wheels as well. Um, and then you have Wilson who is. He's not, he's not the guy he was in 2012 and 2013 as far as his ability to run, but he's still crafty. He still moves around really well. He can still um, take off and run and um, you know eat teams up uh, with his legs, but he's really good at throwing on the run. And now you've got a coordinator who's going to put him on the move. They're going to move the pocket around, uh, a lot of play action. So the pass rushers aren't going to know where he's at. Um, you know, they can't just, you know, attack a spot because he may not be there. They may have rolled the pocket. Um, 
And so that will actually make his life significantly easier. And they've upgraded the offensive line. Um, they went from having one of the worst uh, pass blocking uh, guards in the NFL um, on there to, and they replaced him with one of the best. So, um, uh, you know, in, in the end, it's they're they're kind of set up to really be a good offense. And, you know, I think the, the Colts have their work cut out for them to, trying to slow this offense down. I'll add a couple of things really quick. Uh, I just watched uh, a couple interviews, one with uh, DeForest Buckner and one with Darius Leonard. And, and they were fairly quick clips, but both of them were talking about how they're going to de- defend uh, Russell Wilson. And both of them were like, well, you know, he's, he is who he is. He's great. He likes to move our jobs. We need to contain him. Um, and I was thinking to myself, that's pretty much what every single defense tries to do with Russell Wilson. And I'll just be honest, nobody really succeeds at that <laughs> for the most part, right? For the most part, right? I mean, there's a few times and, and most of the time it's, you know, digs himself a hole or throws an untimely kind interception like or something. game last year. I kind of stuff like that. that. Right, yeah. right, right. So, but, but the key I think here, and, and we, we just don't know the answer yet is how our new offensive coordinator is going to do with Russell Wilson. The whole entire premise, if you watch the Rams, you watch the 49ers, we're going to have basically the same offense with probably the best quarterback that that offense has had uh, with Russell Wilson at the helm. And so you take a look at those factors. The entire offense is built to get receivers into open space, to get the ball out quickly, timing, Um, all that kind of stuff, moving the ball in chunks, not trying to get everything over the top, but taking your shots. So everything's going to be kind of set up underneath. Uh, There's going to be some wide zone running to spread the defense out. And once it's spread out, that's when Russell Wilson can really take advantage. So that's the way it's designed. The way uh, it's that's defended remains to be seen. We'll we'll find out um, how you guys try to defend that and then um, whether or not it works. We, like I said, it's brand new. We don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty confident mm-hmm. with Russell Wilson there that Shane Waldron's scheme has probably got the best chance of, of the, the three teams I mentioned, the 49ers, the Rams. Now, you know, you've, you've got Stafford there uh, in LA now. That should make a huge difference, and golf is gone. But nonetheless, I think Wilson in this offense has got upside potential through the roof. Yeah, I mean, this... Um... Waldron came over from the Rams and he brought uh, McVay's offense with him. It'll be a little bit different, but it's it's kind of the same idea. Um, McVay was able to make that offense work with Jared Goff at quarterback. Now you've got Russell Wilson, a significantly better quarterback in all phases of playing the position in that same offense. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, but But Bill's right. We haven't seen it. It didn't even show up in the preseason because Wilson never played. Right, the CX had over CX kept um, thirty or more players inactive um, for all three preseason games, and that was every starter on offense and defense. Um, so we don't really know what it's going to look like, and we won't know until we get out there on Sunday. Yeah. So you guys are last year. You finished twelfth in rushing yards. Pretty good for you guys, um, all things considered. I'm, I'm curious what you got your guys' thoughts are on your running game, though, because. Chris Carson last year, 681 yards, only played in 12 games, had five touchdowns. Rashad Penny, we also mentioned as well. You guys have guys like Alex Collins, DJ Dallas, and Russell Wilson can also make uh, plays with his legs. He was the Seahawks' second leading rusher last year. So the Colts come in as a really, really good team against the run. They were second. So they were even better than Seattle against the run last year. That's kind of been what they've been really good at on defense, especially over getting to Forrest Buckner, now getting Quiddy Pay. So I'm curious your guys' thoughts on how Seattle can potentially attack this Indianapolis run defense this year, this game. Well, a lot of what they're going to do, I believe, is um, they're going to they're going to throw the ball out of out of those sets. They're going to get um, where it looks like they're going to run, and then they're going to they're going to throw the ball. And so you got the the run defenders in there um, that aren't the pass rushers, and they're going to let you know Wilson do his thing. And then when they when the Colts back off because CX are throwing a lot, well, that's when you know Chris Carson Carson, who's one of the more uh, one of the harder backs to get down is he's so, such a powerful runner. It starts coming right at your the undersized pass rusher. I hope that in. that's the strategy. 
but that's not a guarantee. True. That that's my hope is what what happens. But yep. in the past, they have forced that ball, um, running the ball early in games and often. And if they try to do that, I think against this defense and oh, stout front, yeah. it's going to be one of those deals where we're going to uh, not be able to get into any rhythm. And we're going to end up punting the ball quite a bit. You're going to see the flipping the field back and forth. It could be a low-scoring affair. Yep. That's I'm I'm hopeful that that's not the case, but it's the first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, part of it is that the CX did jettison, um, you know, Brian Schottenheimer, who's one of the worst offensive coordinators I've ever seen um, in you know watching the NFL for 30 years. And um, so punting him and bringing in a guy that you know is more creative and doesn't just run up the middle. Um, every single play um, it should make it more interesting and then you're right so we don't know that they're not going to run it early but how much a lot of that was with Schottenheimer and his just nonsense so uh, they're in better they're in a better spot um, as far as coaching all right so last offensive related question here I'll ask you so we obviously know the names of Russell Wilson and Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. We all know the big names. Everybody knows them. Uh, do you guys happen to have, and we'll start with Bill here. Do you, do you think there is a hidden star on this offense that really could shine? Not only, uh, not only in this game, but this year in general. Absolutely. Yeah. I think his name is Ger- Gerald Everett. I think we picked him up from the Rams tight end. He's our number one tight end. Will Disley's been hurt um, two years prior to last year and a knee and then an Achilles last year, they kind of eased him back, really didn't use him hundred percent. We had Greg Olson, you know, each, each tight end in our group ended up catching about 25 passes, uh, fairly underutilized for the most part. Gerald Everett came in with, I think 45, 50 receptions on 60 plus targets, uh, 500 yards, uh, seven or eight touchdowns. I would imagine those opportunities exist here and possibly expand, especially with Russell Wilson at quarterback. So I would imagine that he's, you know, nobody's really talking about him yet, but by the time half the year's over, here's a guy that's going to be talked about quite a bit because he's going to be extending drives. They've talked uh, extensively in the offseason about creating higher efficiency on the offense, which translates into third down conversions, more trips into the red zone. We already know that Russell Wilson's excellent at converting those opportunities. So I think he's probably one of the, one of the rising stars. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, uh not going to disagree with you. I think that's a great pick, but I think also, uh, the rookie wide receiver, um, D Eskridge is, is a guy that you got to keep an eye on. He, he reminds me a lot of, um, Golden Tate when he was in Seattle, guy they like to get the ball um, with really quickly and just let him use his special skills with the ball in his hands because he's really, really good after the catch. Um, and which the Seahawks under Schottenheimer were always one of the worst teams in terms of yards after the catch. And when you think about the speed of guys like Metcalf and Lockett, that's it's absurd that they were um, as bad as they were after the catch um, as a team. And so now you've got a coordinator that really wants to get um, you know those yards and put the receivers in that in that role, and then you've got a guy with truly special um, abilities with the ball in his hands. Um, it's a great combination, and I think you're going to see maybe not this week against um, the Colts because he was out uh, for a chunk of camp with a foot injury, um, although he's back fully now. But I think as the season goes on, you're going to see more and more Eskridge, and he's going to become a bigger, bigger and bigger part of the offense. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Awesome. Well, guys, I wanted to last talk about special teams because, I mean, I'm always I'm always a person that says special teams matters. You know, it can be, honestly, the difference between a win and a loss a lot of times. And we, we know that so well as Colts fans a couple of years ago. At, we, we saw Adam Vinatieri cost us a couple games. And then this past year, the special teams won us a couple games. So the Colts boast one of probably the best special teams units all the way around. Pretty well-rounded unit. I'm curious, what are your guys, and we'll start – 
Um, we'll start with Bill here. What are your guys' special teams like? You know, Pete's uh, one of uh, the three pillars for Pete is, you know, offense, defense, special teams. Obviously, every team tries to do that. I think Pete and, and those guys really try to build some of their roster just for special teams. Um, Nick Belour's a guy that's been around the NFL quite a while. He's been a linebacker. The Seahawks have used him as a um, as a guy up front, uh, as a fullback, blocking for, for some of those uh, running back plays um, in short yardage. And uh, he's the, the special teams captain this year. He's a tremendous guy. But the team speed is really, I think, where they focused on the offseason. I can't remember exactly where they were ranked last year, but it seems like it was fairly middling 10th or, you know, between 10th and 15th, I think, overall. I would imagine that comes up a little bit. I don't know if it's going to be as good as the Colts uh, special teams unit, which is um, which has got a great reputation. But they do have a lot of young players with a lot of team speed, a lot of headhunter guys on the outside and so forth. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll see. I, I'm really um, confident in our kicking game, um, both with our punting, being able to kind of flip the field, as I talked about earlier, um, get the ball um, to the other, other end of the, uh, the field. And then Jason Myers uh, is a guy that I'm really confident with. And in, in fact, I think he had the most um, – field goals in a row for the franchise last year. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, Michael Dixon, the, the, the punter is an all pro, right? He's um, two of the three years that he's been in the league. Um, and the guy is just a monster. He has this really weird kicking motion. That's it. it you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, was that blocked? No, that's just how he kicks it. Um, but he hit, yeah, he, he literally just, just, he stops as soon as he hits the ball and his leg stops yeah. and you're like, what happened? Yeah, but he his um, but he can he can hit a seventy yard punt in the air um, whenever he needs to. Um, yep, and he um, his his net last year was just under fifty yards, uh, which is crazy. And then the other thing that he can do is he does weird things like he's like, hey, I'm gonna have the ball spin a different way off my foot so that way you know when they try and catch it, it's spin it's spinning the opposite way and they don't see it coming and it, he generates um, muffed kicks that way. It's just weird stuff that he does with the football that just I've never seen a punter do before. Um, so yeah, he's kind of special. It, I will say they they give given up um, a few big kicks because people get out of their lanes and they haven't had a great return game. Um, the Seahawks have they're not they're not. Um, they're the last couple of years, they just haven't been great at getting those kick and punt returns. Um, and that's been why they were middling last year. Um, and I hope that that's one of those things that they've, they've picked up, uh, DJ Dallas really good in the preseason and at camp returning kicks. So, um, that might be an improvement. I mean, ever since they took Tyler Lockett off of, um, off the punts, they just haven't had anyone that stepped up and really owned that. Um, and if they can have that, I think they'll be good. But yeah, they're good at they're good at coverage and they're good at kicking the ball. But now they just need a return game. Gotcha. All right, gentlemen, we're gonna end this great conversation here with your score predictions. Uh, I'm gonna get Keith here first, and then we'll go Bill, uh, and then we'll go Cody, and then we'll go myself. So Keith, go ahead. So I think this is gonna end up being a fairly low scoring game. I think that. Um, you know, the Colts defense is good. And I think Seattle's offense, which is going to be great down the stretch. I think the fact that they haven't uh, even had a preseason snap together, um, it means that they're going to be a little, you know, rusty and, and, and trying to figure it out. Um, and I'm sorry, but I'm just really not sold on, on Carson Wentz um, as a, as a starter. I, I might've been if he hadn't gotten hurt and had all the, all the practice time, but without it, I think it's going to end up being a low scoring game. Um, I've got uh, Seattle um, sneaking out a victory on this, like seventeen thirteen. Wow! Okay. Bill's going to have a very different answer. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> well, I could have gone that way. I mean, absolutely, you've got some valid points. Certainly, um, it could be a struggle and a slog based on what we talked about earlier. Um, teams decides it wants to run and try to dictate terms to the Colts defense and. I'm sorry, that's probably just not going to happen. <clears throat> I think the only way to really beat the Colts is is through the air and to try to put pressure on the defense uh, to stop DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and some of the other weapons that they've got. <clears throat> Conversely, on the other side of the ball, um, 
if Seattle can build any sort of lead uh, to help help put pressure on the Indianapolis Colts offense to kind of take the ball out of Taylor's hands and put it into Wentz's hands, I think plays into Seattle's favor. <clears throat> and I think that ends up raising the score a little bit higher than Keith uh, anticipates. So I'm thinking something in the lines of 27-23, 27-21, something like that. Of course, I, I need to pick my my Seahawks, but it could it could go either way. I'm really curious to see how Carson Wentz shows up. He hasn't had a lot of opportunity to to beat the Seahawks so far, but he's in a new system. It's a new start for him. I truly wish him the best because I think he's a great guy that was in a bad situation. Yeah, I, I was going to say the it comes down to uh, the best player on the Colts offense in in my opinion, and I think Bill will agree is Taylor. And if the Seahawks can get the ball out of Taylor's hands by getting a lead and forcing. Um, the Colts to pass. That's there's there's nothing bad that comes from getting the ball out of the best best player on the opposing team's hands, and so um, that has to be something that they are going to be working to do. All right, Cody, go ahead, man. We're kind of outnumbered here on the Seattle train so far. <laughs> well, you're not going to like it, Derek. I'm just going to say that. Prediction. I'm sorry, but like I have a couple points for this, and I try not to be homerish at all. Like. Sometimes it happens, but I, I mean, the Colts haven't won a, a, a regular season opener since 2014, first off. Now, I, I get it, like superstition or whatever. They very much could pull this one out. Um, but I will say that I'm terrified that Xavier Rhodes hasn't practiced in two days, and I'm terrified of Rocky Sin and those guys matching up against the two Seattle receivers that are both 1,000-yard receivers last year. I just think that's going to be their Achilles heel this 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 game. And you mentioned, you know, talking about how the Seahawks might be a little bit rusty. So maybe that'll play in the Colts' favor a little bit. But also the fact that Carson Wentz, yeah, he's he's just now getting back into it. He's been there a couple weeks, but, you know, it, he hasn't played. He didn't play a preseason game, so he didn't really get live bullets with these guys. So for me, it's kind of like, oh, I feel like both these offenses might be a little bit rusty, but I think – Ultimately, they might find their stride down the stretch because, you know, neither of these pass defenses are anything to write home about. And both, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like both these defenses have the same strengths and the same weaknesses. It's kind of wild to think about that. But like, I, so for that reason, I think I'm going to go 24-21 Seattle. I think it could go either way, though. I really do. I think it's going to be a tight, tight-knit game. I do think it's going to come down to probably one of the last possessions for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be tighter than people give yeah. me credit for. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's going to be a tight one as well. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the homerish guy in this week. I have to be the one time and one time only. I probably will. But I mean, I think that the Colts have a different outlook on what they're trying to do this year. I think that this defense is a lot healthier now and ready to go. And I think that with the fans being in, I know that really doesn't mess with Seattle at all. But because they're they're born with the noise, they they love it. But I think with helping Indianapolis with the vibe that it brings, I think with what this Colts team needs, I think that they'll be able, if they're able to dictate the line of scrimmage and if they're able to keep time of possession the way they want to in this game, then they certainly have a good chance of winning it. But it all comes down to that being able to run the football, keep the clock moving, and making sure you're moving down the field the way you want to. So I'll keep it close to 27-24 Colts. I think it's, like you guys said, both offenses are going to struggle at times, but you know both offenses are going to want to dictate the game the way they want to. So... All right, three three Seattle votes there to one Colts vote. All right, we have our winner for that one. People are gonna hate me, but it's whatever. People are gonna hate us, but it, it's okay. It's, it's the it's the first game of the year. It's first game of the year. <laughs> what, are you gonna, what are you gonna do? We're used to calling it a loss anyway, so you know we make the playoffs <laughs> yeah. a lot of times, even with the loss. So you know it's not the end of the world, but. If you asked Colts Twitter, they would say the exact opposite. <laughs> well, I, I know everybody's ready to hand uh, the, the Titans the 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 division already, of and course. I think that people really are undervaluing uh, Indianapolis. And I think you know Indianapolis is probably more primed to have a second half of the year surge than getting out of the gate. Mm-hmm. But you never know because you could see an uptick in. Um, and Taylor in production, Carson Wentz coming over. I know Rivers was was a great, outstanding guy too. Um, 
and and you may not see much of a change as far as um, stats um, between those two, but I think that Carson Wentz does give you a, a, a good opportunity to kind of manage the game a little better um, overall and be a little bit more balanced. So, and I think one point that that we we know I don't know if any of us have said on this show is just that Frank Reich is a good coach. Um, and I mean he's, he's a really good coach. Um, I know he like. Um, his being hired, he was kind of like the fallback option um, after McDaniel's like blew um, Indy off. But um, I think there's a reason why Doug Peterson's um, Eagles teams fell apart once Frank Reich left, right? Um, who was really responsible for that Super Bowl? I'll tell you, Eagles fans say it was Frank Reich. And I'm not going to disagree with them. I think he's an excellent coach. I think he gets his team ready to play. And... Um, has great game plans, delegates to his assistants well. I think he's one of those guys that if you're if you're uh, an opposing um, owner and you're making decisions about who your head coach is going to be, find a guy like Frank Reich. You will not be disappointed. Absolutely. Nice. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much again for joining us. That is Bill and Keith, hosts of the Seahawks Playbook podcast. Make sure you all go check them out. Thank you, gentlemen, so much again for doing this with us. Thank you, Derek. Thanks, Cody. Good luck on Sunday, guys, but I always say not too much luck. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Good luck. All right. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Once again, thank you to our sponsor, BetQL, the only app you will need to beat your sports books. Find their information along with a 25% off discount code in the description of this video make sure you go check that out and also check out their special bet mgm offer in the description in order to receive a free year of betql and other sportsbook sign up offers and bonuses yeah.